It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everybody? Jeff Mosher here, Adam Kaplan next to me for another Great edition of Inside the Birds, and as usual, Adam, it was another week with uh, major developments for the Eagles. Now, it kind of started off as, I would say, a slower week. We had the owners' meetings. I believe you were there. Oh, yeah. Right? I was there. Out yeah, in Phoenix. Sure. Was it at the Biltmore, by the way? Correct. Oh, man. It's my favorite one. Stop. All right. I don't even want to talk Sorry. about it. I'm getting nostalgic. <laughs> anyway, it is a great place. Uh, it started off as a slow week. You know, Doug had his morning breakfast, and I thought some interesting things came out of that. We will talk about it. Jeffrey Howie also spoke, and we'll talk about some of the things that they brought up and then how they pertain to the Eagles. But then came kind of the late week bombshell, although not really a bombshell. It's been rumored for a while, but it happened. The Eagles trade a six-round pick next year to the Bears for running back Jordan Howard, who was on the trade block. Everybody knew it. Makes sense. The Eagles needed a running back. Jordan Howard was available, and here we go. So here's what we need to talk about. I want to get into why the Eagles traded for him, who Jordan Howard really is, right? And what kind of role he's going to have on this team. And we'll answer these questions. We'll talk about what we know. I know you've spoken to some people uh, inside, close to the situation, so you'll have some, both, both some, teams, some yes. good info. But the yeah. first thing we want to address is this, that you and I, I think, both agree that this is a good trade for the Eagles. Um, I tried to express that on Twitter, that I thought this was a good trade good luck. for the Eagles. <laughs> but I also mentioned that I think there are some narratives like this is the steal of the century or how he fleeced the Bears or the Eagles just acquired a superstar for nothing and he's going to be this future stud running back. And then that's where I stopped short. I said this is a good trade for the Eagles for 2019. Beyond that, don't know much more. Um, and I don't think he's a stud, a superstar. I know what the stats are. I think he's a really good running back that they can use. Your thought, and so the the answer, Adam, was on Twitter. A lot of people got upset that I didn't celebrate this as more than what I just said it was. Here's an interesting fact that I don't think most people have really looked at: three other top four projected running backs on the roster on the final year of their deal. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I think this trade is more for this season. That includes Jordan Howard. Yes, Howard's Smart on Howard. the final year of his rookie deal. Corey Clement signed a three year deal mm-hmm. as a rookie. And Wendell Smallwood is on the final year of his rookie deal. So 
right now, they the Eagles believe that they're going to try to win another Super Bowl. Like, they're going to go for it again. This Jordan Howard trade is a go-for-it kind of trade. Well, you would say, well, they only gave a six-round pick that's conditional to a fifth-round pick if certain things happen. Yeah, I get that, but they think Howard fits what they want. And here's what they want, according to te- multiple team sources. Since LeGarrette Blunt left the team, and obviously JGI got hurt, they felt like they could not sustain the running game at all in first and second down. Something we talked about a lot all year long. Yeah, last year they, 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 and I know that you and Bill, Bill Osborne is our other partner in this, who will be back with us probably after the draft. You know, Bill would say, and I think you would say, boy, they don't really, they don't really stay with the, the run game. Well, they didn't feel like they could sustain it with what they had. They weren't willing to be patient. That's obviously Doug Peterson, the head coach, who calls the plays. It, it's, it seemed like my, my sense that I was getting was that they wanted to get back to that with Blunt. 10 out of his first 12 games as an Eagle. He got double-digit carries. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're looking at here. If I had to put a carry target, Jeff, 12 to 13 carries a game, Blunt average about 9.5-10, but it was way higher than that the first three quarters of the season, and then for whatever reason, they went with more of a committee, and they were passing a little bit more uh, late in the season in 17, their Super Bowl run. For whatever reason, you just didn't get it. There are two other things. There are two other reasons why they wanted this particular player. Short yardage slash goal line, and as a closer. They did not have a closure. It killed them last season. That was probably, I think, completely agree. the biggest factor here. They didn't have a closer. Mm-hmm. Now, Blunt suffered an ACL injury. Excuse me. Ajay suffered an ACL injury. That hurt them. Um, Corey Clement had an LCL, not an ACL. I don't know what's out there, but as they first put on our show, and I've confirmed about five times, so I'm telling you, had lateral collateral surgery. I don't know what else is out there, but even if it is, I'm telling you that that's what he was rehabbing. As a matter of fact, I know he's moving around fairly well right now. I don't know exactly when he'll practice during OTAs, mm-hmm. but um, nevertheless, and, you know, Josh Adams was a nice find for them. There's no doubt, but I don't think they really see him as the potential to be the first or second down back. It's going to be Jordan Howard, and that's kind of what they're thinking was in terms of acquiring Jordan Howard. They think he could be their primary. First and second down back. It won't mean that Josh Adams won't get carries. Craig Clement won't get carries. Even Smallwood. But they want Howard to be that lead guy on the early downs. Right. I've watched tape on Jordan Howard. I know. I, I think I have a good sense of what he is, and it blends with what you were told of why they brought him in. Excellent runner behind center. Really good downhill, straightforward kind of guy. Strong runner. Can make people miss. I, he is not an outside zone. He is not a stretch Runner, a guy with a lot of speed to the edges. You know, he was a fourth round pick uh, by the Bears. Joe Douglas, who is the Eagles' VP of player personnel, was the scouting director for the Chicago Bears the year that they picked Jordan Howard. Uh, so he obviously has familiarity, and we've seen that blueprint, right? With a lot of the Eagles' moves uh, the last few years Ravens, Bears, things like that, a lot of familiarity. And of course, Joe Douglas has familiarity. So he does, we, we also know he does not catch the ball much or very well. He's a 230-pound running back. I mean, that's basically what you're getting. Oh, his weight, is, by the way, his weight is in question. His weight is in question. Yeah, we should probably, you mentioned 230. He's yes. between 225 and 230. Right. So there were issues with his weight last season, I'm told. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not why they moved him, by the way. Um, but that's a concern before we get to the Bears part of I it. I remember that also being the concern with LeGarrette. Interestingly yeah, actually, um, I reported exclusively that he, he, he was in training camp 17 of about around 260. LeGarrette. Yeah, yeah, and I know the Eagles were not real happy with me putting stuff out on 
Blunt's shape and where they stood with him. Look, they kept him, and it was the right decision. I could tell you there was some back and forth of what they should do with him, but boy, it was a smart move for them mm-hmm. to keep him. I mean, where would they be without Blunt two years ago? Right. I know he sucked for the Lions, but that doesn't have no, anything to do with the way he played with the Eagles. certainly going to yeah. help fill a void. And one, one other thing we should mention, very good at pass protection. Now, we're going to talk a little later about how much that actually is going to matter because <laughs> I think that some people have looked at that and thought, perfect fit again, but you and I look at it and see a little bit between the, you know, we read the three leaves and say, yeah, that's good in certain situations, but not really what... Because we do talk about running backs and have to pick up the blitz and have to be good in pass pro, um, but that also means they have to be out there on third and second and long in passing situations, and I'm not sure that Jordan Howard is going to be out there. So I don't know how important that pass pro is. We'll get into that a little bit. Durable. He is durable, Adam. I mean, he's not missed uh, a lot of games in his career. When you compare that to Ajay Ajayi, who had the opportunity to come back, or some other running backs... I think that's also a positive. For for the most part, you're getting a guy who's been on the field and has been reliable for and it's, when you when you specialize his role, that's even better. Yeah, Howard only missed one game in his career. It was his rookie season. Correct. The the he did not look as good last season. That's what the tape showed. So let's transition to the Bears. So yeah. my sense when talking to Bear sources, even going back to the senior ball, was he would not be back. Mm-hmm. I could just hear it. Didn't really fit the Nat, Matt Nagy system. Yes, Ryan Pace, the GM, drafted him, but Matt Nagy, he wants a. He, they are the most pure college play calling team in the National Football League. It's They are pure spread. They want to be in shotgun a lot. Tariq Cohen fits it better th- than any of the backs they have on the roster. Jet motion all the time. Everything they do, they do so much stuff. Yeah. This guy does not fit. I think Jeff talked about it earlier. He's really not a shotgun runner. Right. Now, I know the argument was, well, yeah, but if you go spread, he should have better rushing lanes. Whatever the case may be, it didn't work. He was not comfortable. He dropped by .4 yards per carry last season. The, the nice thing is he had 24 rushing touchdowns in his first three seasons. He is going to be their sure yardage back. In most cases, not all, but most. Mm-hmm. Their goal line back, in most cases, not all. And they want better conversions. They think he'll do that. You mentioned his durability. They love that about him. High character guy. Talking to the Bears, you could not get a better person. You mentioned Joe Douglas. Uh, he was there. So he he's a reference. Um, Dwayne, was Dwayne Joseph in there? I, I'm not with the Bears. Not, I'm not sure. Question. I don't think he was with the Bears at that time. Okay, I think but he's, he's actually with still with the Eagles at that time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, but they at least have one person who was there then. Yes. And Ryan Pace and Howie have a good relationship. Those are the, the two decision makers. So he's going to fit a role. Right. For one season. So something you said earlier, something I agree with, would probably have gotten the same kind of reception on social media had you tweeted. And you said you see him getting about 13 carries. Something in the neighborhood 12, 13, of yeah. 12, 13. Yeah. Maybe if they're up big and he gets a little more in the fourth quarter, 14. And that's what I was trying to convey, that he is kind of like the blunt role, um, situational. And that's where I got the most backlash. And the, the stat that... People, what were people saying? The people who wanted to disagree with me the most and loudest would constantly flaunt the stat that I think is very, very misleading. And it's the one that <laughs> he is the NFL's third leading rusher since the start of 2016 behind only Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. And so the people who were tweeting at me were basically trying to say they're getting something closer to 
Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott no, than they not. are like Garrett Blunt or situational <laughs> running that's back. That's just nonsensical. So <laughs> l- funny, let's though. just dive into the context. People a make bit. numbers look, by the way, any way they want to back up their point. Right. Like they'll just ignore last season. Now, but if you want to go back to 16 and 17 when he was mostly an under center runner, mm-hmm. yeah, he looked good. Look, he looked like he was sure. Jeff. I'll say this. Big fan of his first two seasons. He looked like he might be one of the better young running backs. 13-13 on the ground his first year, 11-22 in second. Over that time, averaging about four and a half yards per carry. For a guy his size, that's phenomenal. It is. That fell off significantly last season. Yeah, I don't think he was comfortable. It even fell off in year two compared to year one. Correct. By over a yard. Good point. So yeah. let's get into why. Let's just not say it happened. Let's get into why. First of all, to me, and I think for most people who have followed his career understand that he was second in the league in, in rushing as a rookie in 2016 playing in a John Fox ground-and-pound offense. Hide the quarterback. Playing hide the quarterback. <laughs> now, they had Jay Cutler, but I believe he got hurt that year, right? He got hurt. They were down to, what's his face? Matt Barkley was playing for them at one point. Remember, the Eagles played them in week two, if I'm not mistaken. Right? The Eagles played them week two. That was Carson Wentz. It had to be 16. Monday night. Yeah, it was 16. This is what I'm talking about. Color was with the Dolphins in 17. Yes. Right, no, I'm talking yes. about 2016 yeah. when he was had his best year and he was a rookie. Oh, Aguilar had that drop. Uh, yes. Yes. But or the, was it Matthews? I can't remember. Go it ahead. It was Jordan. But the, okay. the bottom line is, they well, they won that game. The bottom line was that that whole year, he played for John Fox. They played hide the quarterback. They ran the ball 100 times. So he had a lot of yards. He also had a lot of opportunity. And they have a pretty good offensive line. So the second year is 2017. It is now still it is still John Fox, right? But they draft the kid, Mitchell Trubisky. But the offense was still the same. It was still a ground and pound, let's acclimate this kid into the offense by playing defense and running the ball. I, so again, he had another 1,000-yard season. I could tell you the play calling was atrocious in, in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. uh, Fox's last year. It was bad. Well, they, I mean, I mean they, it was they just were, a, a ni- yeah. it was a nightmare, and that, that's what led to his firing and the hiring. Yeah, it, it was just bad. So those days, so few teams believe in Fox's philosophy. Seattle's really the only team, and look, they do it well. Right, they're the most balanced and team in the national. Listen, it works so for I, them. I watch a lot of tape for reasons we don't discuss here. I've been watching a lot of tape <laughs> okay. on Seattle Seahawks lately. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they run the ball a lot, but there's a difference between ground and pound John Fox telegraph run. And what Seattle does, which is a lot of inside zone, outside zone, jet motion with lock, lock it'll get carries. They disguise their run well. They also put an extra tackle out there, George Font. So they run, and they also do a lot of read option with Russell Wilson. So it, yeah, they're going to be old school and run the ball, but they're not going to run it down your throat and telegraph. They do a lot of trickery and deception in their running. So John Fox, out, antiquated, outdated, he's gone. Now you bring in Matt Nagy, as you brought up very eloquently, spread offense, College gimmicky everywhere, and what happens to Jordan Howard? Who, by the way, what we really didn't mention statistically, does not catch the ball. He has probably no more than twenty-five or twenty-six catches in any single year. Twenty-nine is his highest rookie season, high? okay, and they're checkdowns. Come on, yeah, people, they're, they're checkdowns. Check so he is not a catcher of the football. And if you want to throw in the stat that he's the third leading rusher, I will counter and say he was not even the most productive running back on his own team last year. He had fewer yards than Tariq Cohen. So, so, so people ask, well, why the Eagles only have to go but conditional six-round pick? Folks, transactions always tell you a story. I already told you that the Bears won him off the roster really since the season ended. They were going to take this to the draft. My sense is they would have gone – they wouldn't cut him, but they would take it to the draft. They wanted him off. He doesn't fit. Mike Davis, who, who had a really nice season for the uh, Seahawks. Seahawks last season, yep. 
will be their power runner with Tariq Cohen. They may add another back. But getting back to the Eagles, so so let's sum this up. Where's the running back position stand to you right now as we head into the draft? We're, well, we're four weeks to, away. We're gonna because we're gonna transition to that. So the depth chart now looks like this: Jordan Howard, Corey Clement coming back from his LCL injury, Correct. not. ACL, yep. right? Yep. And that that was a repair, though. It, it's just a yes. He had a surgery. A yes, he, he got hurt in the Dallas game. Didn't play again. Right. He had the surgery soon after that. Um, LCL is a very unique surgery. Um, I just know that he's moving well now. He at some point during OTAs, if it's not April or May, he'll certainly be in the, the June camp. He's going to be on the field in the offseason. So mm-hmm. don't worry about that. So we've got Howard Clement and then Smallwood. Smallwood. And Adams. And Josh Adams. Now, there's, I know um, the Atlantic City Press did a story on Darren Sproles. He was down Ocean City over the weekend, and he told them, Dave Weinberg, he said, I'm not ruling it out coming back to the Eagles. We're just going to talk about this in May. So, depending on what goes on with the draft and what the Eagles' draft sure. look like, I'm of the belief the Eagles are going to draft the running back. I don't know where. I've said, don't be surprised if it happens in the first round, but that's me just saying, not saying that it's more likely. Just saying that if it happens, don't fall off your chair. It's, don't be surprised. Right. I get it. And yeah. so, again, this goes it's back to— It's a long-term to, need, though. Let me say this. Yeah, Past this season, need. the way that Howie Roseman thinks, this is completely different before when he was a, a young GM in 10, 11, 12, and 13. It was always about now. What Jeffrey Lurie said at the owners' meetings is absolutely what they're doing. They want to win now, but also build for the future. They're one of the few teams that looks at it the right way. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they got this. But it's the right way to do it, how he's learned from his mistakes. This is why they're going to be competitive every year and why they're going to build for the future, which they have to do starting this season because they don't like me saying it, but it's the truth. They're getting a little bit too old here. No, oh, that it's definitely true. Yeah, I mean, but they got, also have twenty picks between this year's draft and next year's draft. So the replenishment. Well, they 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 will we'll see there. We'll see because they didn't That's get a the good se- point. They didn't get the seventh that they thought they were going to get. Right. But yeah, they got to start looking toward the future, and they're going to. And by the way, how does that also tie into the Jordan Howard acquisition by trading for him instead of signing, say, Tevin Coleman? Right. They have it does not oh. affect their comp pick formula. Yes. for next year. So you saw what the Rams did last year, which was brilliant. I didn't think so at the time, but. They did not sign one free agent that impacted the compensatory formula. Right. You remember every they made a ton. They, yeah, they made like four for trades. Marcus Peters. Right. They made four trades, and Sue did not count towards because he was right. cut. Right. So they brilliant. Trade, yeah, that's what the Eagles have been doing all, all year. You know, signing yeah. a guy like Malik Jackson who was cut. Yes. Signing a guy like Vinnie Curry who was cut. Yeah. You pick up guys, you deepen your your roster, and you don't lose a comp pick for it. And by the, two things. They, I'm pretty certain they would have pursued Bo Allen had he been released. Mm-hmm. Because right now, and we'll get to this probably before the, this, this show ends or certainly the next show, when we rank the needs going to the draft, D-tackle's a need. Depth. Absolutely. And there's a, there are a few better third tackles in the National Football League than Bo Allen. He was terrific before he got before he signed with Tampa Bay. I was a little so, surprised he took the pay cut to stay with Well, with he Tampa. did, but they fully guaranteed his base salary. Right. Which was the, the, the Bucks got the $1 million pay cut, which they were seeking. Mm-hmm. And they did him right by fully guaranteeing his base salary, and they they cut down the last year. Right. So he's going to be free agent after the season. Right. So, but I I almost felt like he could have done that, and maybe a little just like Vinny didn't take the pay cut here and got a little bit more in his one year with Tampa. I thought he could have. I thought Bo, especially knowing how bad the Eagles wanted him, might have been able to do the same. But that's okay. You know, I mean, there, he could have a good year on that D line. Yeah, and they're they're going to run a thirty four in Tampa, which he's played for before yes, he here in Philly when Chip Kelly was here, but. 
Yeah, so I think D tackles a need as we as we look at that stuff. But the, you know, well, real get, quick with with Howard, yeah. not only do they get him without having to sacrifice anything in the compact formula, but I am of the belief that the, he is basically here on a one year rental, and that if he has a good enough year and get anywhere between eight hundred and a thousand yards and sign a decent deal next year with someone else, then he brings back he helps you in your compact formula. Yeah, for twenty twenty. Yeah, so twenty twenty. One actually, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty twenty twenty, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, I think the way the Eagles will look at this is they're going to take it by case by case basis, and obviously, if they take a running back in the first two rounds, the chance of Jordan Howard returning would be slim to none. If they don't, and he plays well this season, they could look to extend his contract actually before it expires. Absolutely, which is not unprecedented for them. This is what I like about what they've done, and it's not just this year, Adam. It's the last few years. They've brought in guys on one-year deals, whether it's Legarrette Blunt, whether it's Chris Long, whether it's Corey Graham, whether it's even Alshon Jeffrey and Tim Jernigan. Right? Just to Jordan Howard fits into this. Well, Jernigan role. was not well, what, right. Well, well he wasn't. Well, they he extended. Was, he, they it. traded for him though. Yeah, and then they extended. They didn't it. extend it until the middle of the year. He's what I'm saying well, is, right. you bring in a guy in one year, and it gives you an opportunity if he's young like Jernigan to kind of see, or or Jeffrey to see how they're going to do, and Howard can fit in that role. You're right. If they don't get a running back in the draft, and Jordan Howard really works out, that he could sign an extension with them. If not, you let him walk like many of the others, and you get a comp pick for it. So they've yeah. given themselves roster flexibility. Is that the, that's the yeah, best way I say? Sure. You go into the draft now with all of your holes filled, and you are allowed to take the best player available that in an area, except for you know outside of quarterback. So, so, so you know, I know the fans were on me on Twitter about three weeks ago when we talked about the running back situation. I I think you make a good point here in that there's not what like right now if they lined up, could they could, could they put down a competitive team that could win ten games? I would say yes. If Wentz is healthy, yes, mm-hmm. because they're good at receiver for now. Uh, they're they're top they're top heavy. If Matt Collins is healthy, they've got a good four. Mm-hmm. Their O line, if Brooks is ready for Week One, is good. Uh, they have Vitai, who's on the final year of his deal. Though they probably could use um, could they use one more line? Yeah, they could use I one think more. They could use line. an interior. Yes, they were right actually. Now they're top. They've all, they, just Ryan. so you know, they've offered they've offered at least one veteran I know of um, veteran minimum. Was it Brett Jones who just signed today no, with the Vikings? Oh, no, okay. No, no. All right. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say the name, but I could tell you, oh, Richard Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. So they actually offered him a deal. He turned it down. And then... Richard Rodgers. Yeah, and his his, uh, his agent was at the owners meetings, and typically this always happens. Teams get deals done. His agent was there. Within 24 hours after the owners meetings ended, he got a new deal. I mean, he re up for what, two years was it? or Something yeah, like that? Yeah, two-year deal. I, yeah, Probably so, structured like a one. Yeah, yeah. so... And, and by the way... Richard Rodgers, this is what the Eagles love about him. Remember, he had a knee injury. I don't know if he had surgery or not. He had a fairly significant knee injury. Remember, he got put on IR, came yeah. back. Guy shows he's tough. He's smart. He's son of a coach. He can block a little bit, too. Yes, he can. He, that's the other part of this. And his, his father, Richard, is a defensive backs coach for the Panthers. Uh, he's a son of a coach. He loved that. He's tough. And he's also very close to Dallas Goddard, by the way. They've they become very close. Well, how about that? Um, so it's been a good story. And you're right, man. These one-year wonders, these one-year contracts, or guys with one-year structures, I got to give Howie and Joe Douglas credit here. They've done incredibly well since Howie's come back in 16. Again, I don't know what Howie learned over his time, and, and Joe Douglas obviously is the guy who helps oversee personnel for him. Mm-hmm. They've done remarkably well. I can't think of one that didn't work. Even the Patrick Robinson one looked dire until like early August. That was a home run. Yeah. They no, looked like it at first, but... Yeah, uh, they most of their... Most of their signings have worked out and uh, really well for them. To, to, to put a, a tie on the Jordan Howard thing before we move on, mm-hmm. 
It, I have. I, I think this reminds me a little bit the the way it's almost polarizing and people how view them. Um, almost a little bit like the DGB trade where everybody oh, thought. <laughs> See, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest here, right? Okay. I think sometimes. Well, I think you would be. You're not gonna lie. No, I know, I know. But it, what I'm <laughs> what I'm that's me. My way of saying I'm gonna uh-huh. kind of poke at some of the All fan right. base. You know, I don't like to pretend I'm better than anybody, but not this is what you know. notice sometimes, right? Is that when the Eagles make a move, it's great because the Eagles made it. When the you know what I'm saying, like oh well, the, the Eagles homers, made it. So yeah. I remember being on sports radio and saying, "Look, this DGB trade, you're getting." And I feel like the same way a little bit of Jordan Howard, who's way better. Oh, I remember just the way I, I remember saying, "Look, you're getting a guy who is a failure at every level, college and his first year at Tennessee." And people were expecting him to come in here and just all of a sudden blossom into a superstar because the Eagles made the trade for him and because the Titans, well, they're idiots. Well, no, and then people and I, they and needed I, receivers. And too. I have seen, I've heard people when I've. I've talked about the Jordan Howard thing. Well, the Bears are dumb. They don't know what they're doing. No, this is not. No, not. no, no, no. And now he's better than DGB. I'm not. I'm just making the comparison of the mindset. Because the Eagles did it, it must be great. Howie Roseman had the fleecing of the season. Nobody has. I thought he did. Boy, they missed on that one. That was a miss. No, I'm talking about even with Jordan Howard. Well, it's, Dennis, it's not a yeah. fleecing. It's just a good deal. No, they got it. They they got a team that was motivated. It was not a secret around the National Football League. Right. If you checked in the situation, talking to other teams. They would tell you this team wants to move this player, and they'll do almost anything they can to get yeah, him off. They took the him. best offer they could get. They, they just didn't want him there. They right. just didn't. It was a bad system fit. So yeah, DGB. I have as fate would have it. I was at Titans training camp the day of the trade, and he was either third or fourth string. Mm-hmm. But it was a second round pick. I'm like, how do you not do this if you're the Eagles? You're giving up Dennis Kelly was like an eighth lineman. Sure, the the deal itself I had no issue with. It was the expectation of the player. Who knew that, that Dennis Kelly would be their sixth lineman and would get a contract extension? You did a yeah, great how job about that. And then he got sick. You never know. And he came yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, but also you can see some parallels to the Jordan Matthews deal where Jordan here, Jordan Matthews here at the end of his third year had gotten to the point where he put up some very impressive numbers, but you knew he was not as good as maybe the numbers suggested, right? So the Correct. Eagles did what they could. They, were they got right. rid of him, and a lot of people... And, and that's how I feel the Jordan Howard with the Bears thing. He put up impressive numbers. At the end of the day, he's not fitting what they want to do, so they're getting rid of him. Let me, let me... And this is why, you know, Jeff and I have done this podcast. This is our 30th? 30th. And happy it, anniversary, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, happy 30th. I wish I could say 30. In my, <laughs> but anyway, uh, one thing... The reason why we do this thing, we're, we're not going to be stats intensive. The, you could get numbers anywhere. That's not why we're doing this. Right. We want to we want to give you what the team thinks. No one no, no one doing a podcast on this football team could do what we're doing. This is why Jeff and I want to do this. So let me give you an example. You you mentioned Jordan Matthews. I'm gonna give you a story. Mm-hmm. So there was it was um tw- uh, twenty twenty when did they trade when did they get rid of Matthews when did they trade him to Buffalo twenty seventeen that would be twenty seventeen okay the summer of twenty seventeen okay here's what happened and so, a third round pick. That's what people... It was, Dar- it was, it was in the Darby trade. It was the Darby, Darby trade, right. Yeah. So here's what happened there. Uh, I just want to give people an insight of how the Eagles have really done a good job of evaluation, how they've really improved. Jeff said Jordan's numbers weren't really real. Definitely productive. Certainly from a team standpoint, you couldn't ask for a more tough, high-character guy, put up great numbers, but he was a numbers accumulator. That's kind of the way they saw it. Yeah. He he, he was a tall slot. He was around 6'3". Mm-hmm. Very unique player. And then they brought him back because they had a good relationship with him, despite his comments about their medical staff. They, he's a good guy, really good guy. Yeah. But he's not special in anything. Right. And so much so, if you remember, he had, he had a, a high ankle and then a knee issue. It was a Green Bay preseason game. I was told by a team source that they're going to play him in that game because they want to show the Packers or anyone else. Well, it was against the Packers. It was, 
any other team that any team that wanted him that he was healthy. That was actually a showcase game. You know, you hear that term sometimes. You think it's nonsense. I'm told it was 100 percent the truth. They wanted to show teams that he could still play, and what days later he was traded. Mm-hmm. So they kind of knew what Jordan Matthews was. Right. Their evaluations of running back and receiver. I kind of trust Deuce Staley as an evaluator at running back, and, and Howie and Joe Douglas, mm-hmm. and a wide receiver. You know, Mike Rowe is an outstanding evaluator of the receiver position. I mean, he's just great at it. He did a phenomenal job when he came here. Um, Doug, Doug at it. Doug at, at evaluating that. Mm-hmm. And Roseman and Douglas. They just seemed to all work together. Whereas under Chip Kelly, everyone was pointing fingers. It was awful. Right. Um, I'm not saying how he's perfect. He clearly is not. No right. one is. But he's gotten way better because I think he's listening better to his people. He's taking more input. And that's probably where Howie's grown as a as an evaluator. He's also in his 40s now. Right. He better grow up at some point. And as much criticism as I gave him prior to 16, I'm going to just tell you the way it is. And I think Je- Jeff and I, since we've done the show, have told the truth on Howie. He's gotten way better at it. Very few mistakes. And I think it's because of the people he's had around him and he's a better listener. Right. And I just, yeah, I, I think that's what we do. We try to really objectively look at, at deals. And so sometimes I may have fun at a, if some of the fan base is overreacting. But to, to illustrate that or use an example, if I were to do a poll here in Philadelphia, who made the better deal, right? Eagles getting Jordan Howard for a six-round pick or Cowboys getting Robert Quinn for a six-round pick, pass rusher, defensive end, it's going to be 95-5. Oh, but you know what? Has That's a yeah. great deal that Dallas made. It is. I don't hear anybody talking about how Jerry Jones is the greatest GM ever or fleeced Miami Dolphins. No, it was just a situation where the Dolphins are getting rid of some good talent because they're starting over, and Dallas got a really good pass rusher to pair with Rob Marinelli, who's the best defensive line coach in the league. At a, at a price of a six-round pick. That's a great deal for them, too. And that's why I think it's going to be Eagles-Dallas, you know, for the NFC. Now, obviously, year. they're going to have, you know, the, the money. The, the other thing is that Dallas has got to pay them. I mean, that's that's what you're Just doing. Just for, for one year, though. Right, but, yeah. I mean, you're paying them. You're, you're pay, he's, a, he's a guy who's being paid a decent amount of money, so that's part of it. But of course. Um, j- just, uh, you know, to finish this off, I think right now off, their, their offense is fairly set here. I don't think they really need to do anything. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. I mean, you know, this is what happens when we're now four weeks away from the draft. You want to fill your immediate needs, and the draft is about the future. People, for mock drafters out there, I used to do a mock draft with my friend Tony Pauline. You might know Tony. Oh, uh, great. He used to be with SI. He used to do all their draft coverage, uh, SI.com. And we, we did a, a mock draft for like 15 years. And when we were wrong, when we would get less than 10 right, it was always because we were thinking too much about now. It's... When, I, when we would do well, it's about the future. You never draft for one year. Right. The reason why I generally get the Eagles picks right in terms of the first round, I'm more right than I'm wrong. It's not like they're telling me. It's kind of knowing the way that they think. Knowing their tendencies and Right, right, right. You know their tendencies, the offensive and defensive lines. That's, of course. that's the way that Joe Douglas thinks and how he thinks. Right. So that's probably the way that they'll go in the draft. Yep. It's not 100% right. We, we, they're not telling us what they're going to do, but history leaves clues. So mm-hmm. for the mock drafters out there, think the future, not this season. Good, good segue, because uh, you were out there in Phoenix, yes. and there were other things going on besides the Jordan Howard deal. Um, Carson Wentz and his contract, speaking of the future. Howie was very unHowie-like in being open and saying, hey, look, we would love to get it done. It sounds like they would like to have a deal done for Carson Wentz and have the money right now to do it. Is the ball in Carson Wentz's court? Is that how it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. It's... They have an excellent working relationship with Rep One Sports, the company that represents them. They also represent Nate Sudfeld now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they just got him. 
Uh, they have, I think, six or seven players. Mm-hmm. Say Amala, they just did his extension right. uh, with Rep One, and they also have a coach mm-hmm. on the Eagle staff. So they have a really good working relationship, which goes back to Kevin Curtis. They go back over well over Forgot a decade. About that. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's the good thing. It's not going to be an easy contract. We know about Carson's injury history. Uh, the Eagles absolutely adore this player. I don't care what has been written or said. I know the way internally they feel about this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got it right. That trade up was right. He's he would have been the. I think. I think you would agree with me. Had he not gotten hurt, probably the NFL's MVP. Probably, yeah. So they know what they have. Now, contract structure is important here because of his injury history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would think they want to get it done by training camp so he doesn't have to think about it. So you kind of use late July as the guide. We'll see. Um, it takes two to tango. Um, and look, they've they've had informal talks mm-hmm. for a long time. It's just a matter of... I mean, it, it would make sense for the Eagles to do it now. I mean, yeah, the price I mean, goes up every year. So if you can do it now, do it yeah, now. I have no idea. I've, I couldn't tell you if they've the wait. had an offer yet or not. I'm I, not I don't in know. that whole, like, yeah. you know, it makes sense to wait and see if he's going to be hurt or not. No. no. You wait, you add more money to the That's price That's the tag. point. Uh, I, see, fans and some of the media thinks, well, you, you can't do a deal now because you have to wait and see. That's not... It's not the way you think from a club standpoint. I, I, I just kind of, I, I don't, the reason why I don't comment on Twitter anymore, or rarely I do, is because he's, and this is why we're doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. We just want to edge, the whole deal about doing this podcast is educate our, our people who follow the Eagles. And this is not how smart teams view it. It's not, when Joe Banner taught Howie how to do contracts, when Joe set the precedent for doing two year, deals for t- after two years instead of three. Right. Why do you think NFLPA changed that? Because of the Eagles. I'm sure that's why. Because yeah. it could, well, as good of a move it was, it also led to a lot of discord and disgruntled in the locker room. Hey, you could say it no. Was almost like the NFLPA right. was, was, they were doing it to make life better for the player. And also, even though it was good for the Eagles, it was, it was making things bad for the Eagles at the same time. Right. But you could wait. You don't have to do a deal. Right. You can wait. Remember the famous was Michael Lewis, the safety? Oh man, that was pretty contentious. Were yeah. you covering the team then? That was oh, pretty. Yeah, yeah right. At the that start. I remember that he turned out a significant deal. Eagles were the Eagles they were, were flummoxed. Right. They were right. He was not, but he never turned out to changing. be the player. Yeah, he was never no. a cover safety when that's the way the league was going. Hey, Bobby Hoying turned one day. You weren't t- covering the team then. No, he, co- then. he turned down an extension. Uh, thankfully for the Eagles, but Turning anyway, for so, the rest of his life. So that's it on the contract stuff. All right, let's go into uh, something Doug said that I think was really, really prescient, and something we have talked about. All year long and into the offseason. Doug said, I don't have the exact quote, I'm paraphrasing, but that he's got to get Dallas Goddard on the field more in 2019 and that he's been figuring out ways. I was there and I heard it and I saw it. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, he basically admitted that 12 personnel has got to be a thing next year. What did I say all season? It's going to be an offseason project. Did I not say that in October? I I don't care what they say. (laughs) This kid is a very unique player. I'm not saying he's Gronk. But he's got some Gronk-like qualities. He's 6'5", he's okay. long, he's physical, and he can block. No offense to Zach Ertz, he's a better blocker than Ertz. Oh, I think everybody knows that. Okay. I, I also I think he has more big playability. He shakes guys and, you know. That play against Dallas, which is uh, in, improperly called. That was a, Did you see on that play how yes. good he looked? Yeah, I wound up looking at that play uh, recently okay. because I want, that's a, the example of a kind of play that now can be reviewed and overturned because there was never yes, any offensive that's well, pass was interference. Pass interfer- was it pass interference? It was offensive yes. pass interference. Yes. That might be able to be Oh, uh, this reviewed. kid is... The, let me tell you something. When the pay, the Patriots had Gronk and Hernandez, I've been asked this on Twitter, so I'll address it, and I think it's a great question. Mm-hmm. 
they were on to something. If Hernandez did not have a significant off the field issue or many, they would have set the they would have set the precedent for this. The Bengals tried it with Eifert and Jermaine Gresham. It didn't work. Yeah, Eifert got too many injuries. Healthy. Right. Yeah. And Gresham, you know, moved on, but they were on to something. Belichick is a trendsetter with slot, the slot receiver and Wes Welker. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm telling you, they can do it and they will do it to a certain extent. But, you know, it's a good problem to have because now you could – this is what – Mike Rowe really didn't get a full offseason because they were coming off of a Super Bowl victory. Right. He's got to be charged with this, and so does Doug. Figure it out. Yep. I don't want to hear any excuses. I'm going to go after them on our we, – we were pretty critical on, on tape study of what they were not doing, mm-hmm. you and Bill Osborne especially. If they don't figure it out, if Goddard doesn't have at least 45 to 50 catches, he better have at least three a game. That's a, that's a joke. Well, he doesn't. I think it also kind of keeps alive the idea that Nelson Aguilar is on the team right now at nine nine and a half million. No extension yet, but he's been on the trade block. And if they decide, Do you that think so? Yeah. And right. if they decide that, but why though? Well, if they decide that they're going to be a lot more twelve personnel than even last year, and they're going to be playing it means two slot tight ends and, and two tight ends, yeah. that lessens. Not only does it lessen your need for a slot receiver, but it lessens your need for a slot receiver making nine and a half million. So you come out. I agree let's with say that. you come out of yeah. this draft and you draft a wide receiver in the fourth or fifth round. Not very speedy, but that's okay because slot receivers are tend to be better route runners than they are speedy. And you think that guy, along with Mac Hollins, if he can come back and. Who's the kid from West Virginia that can't get it right? Shelton, Shelton Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. If if you have four options to play the slot 30% of the time because you're going to be 70% 12 personnel, that's a lot better than paying $9.5 oh, million. 70%? Dollars. Well, I, I was just... That's a lot. Out. That's pretty let's high, say, though. Let's say it's 50-50. Okay. Do you want to pay $9.5 million for a slot? No, you're you're right. You're absolutely 50%? right. You're absolutely right. Um, so if you can yeah. trade them, if you feel comfortable... $9.4 million. It's, it's hard to... Ju- like, it's funny because two years ago... I'd said it's hard to justify Michael Kendrick's his salary if for a guy who's going to play third of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And what happened was he played a little bit more than that because of the injuries, especially with Jordan Hicks. But I, I agree with your assessment. And by the way, they're well over twenty million in cap space. Cap space is not a factor. We're, we're not, not going to talk all. a lot about cap space because there's no point to. No need to. No, they they're, they've restructured. The only time we'll have, <laughs> next time we'll talk about it is when Carson Wentz signs a deal. Is there anyone <laughs> left to restructure? I think we we missed on. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, no, at this point, well, I, I always joke when you ask that question. I say, well, you know, technically, Wendell Smallwood's at yeah. the end of his third year. He's available for a contract extension. But I, I really don't think that that's yeah. where they're going no, right no, now. No. All right, let's go uh, finish this thing out with our Ask the Insider segment. This thing has been great, Adam, because uh, we've been doing this for the past four or five weeks, and we've gotten so many questions that it's kind of taken the place of our factor fiction. I don't have to ask the question anymore. We don't do factor fiction because we get so many great questions. So first question is from Anthony Raschuti at Rachutes on Twitter, and he says, I'm thinking the Birds draft a safety with one of their top three picks. Any preference? First of all, I want to say I agree. And I know in talking with some people in the organization that they know that they need a developmental safety. Again, How many times we said not that? for this year. Yeah, You're no. good with Jenkins, McLeod, and Sandejo, but certainly they need a kid that they can build around. So if, I if, would it would shock me if they didn't. Our, draft our next podcast, we promise, we'll go into the draft. But we had so many. We, Andrew, Andrew Sandejo, by the way, we should mention, mm-hmm. is their third safety. He'll probably take over that Corey uh, Graham role. Yep. Although he's more of a box safety. Nevertheless, yes, I've said on our show they need a developmental safety in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till it's too late. McLeod's coming back from ACL reconstruction. He had it. He had an MCL and a partial ACL. 
I'm told the ACL got reconstructed. He's doing well in his rehab. He'll be ready for training camp. You know, Malcolm Jenkins is older. He's in, but what a, what a Frazier signing that probably one of the best during the Howie Roseman era. Yeah, that's tremendous. Brooks, right? Brandon wow. Brooks has been a tremendous one. Who too. knew Brandon Brooks would be that good? But anyway, yeah, I would say safety. Yes. Yeah. Typically, I. They did Nate Allen in the second. They passed on obviously Earl Thomas, Jaquan Jarrett in the second, which which was a te- <laughs> which is a total bad, bust. That was bad, a bad, bad miss. Bad pick. Uh, they took a box. You don't take a box safety. Here's what I'm telling you: at 25, if there is a all around non box safety, a guy could do everything. Uh-huh. Take him. I agree. And we'll have names for you. I promise in the next podcast. He's your highest graded yeah. player, right? And take him. He checks off all the boxes. Though I think it's more likely defensive end. It is a great. This is this is what I'm told, uh-huh. and this is important to understand. It's almost never like this. This is probably the first draft in over 15 years, not 10. You probably can get a starting defensive end in the third round in a 43 front, which is ridiculous. That's unheard of. Yeah. So the Eagles don't, unless they have a stud. I'm not talking about five guys are all the same between. 25 and 50? Mm-hmm. No. If the guy, if you're taking a DM there, he better be better than all those other guys. Don't right. don't take the guy cuz you want it. Yes, do they need a young defensive end? Absolutely. But if he's not I think I agree with Jeff's assessment. Although their history shows the Eagles won't do that, a safety in the first, I do it if the guy's special. All right, next question, Carl Stevenson at Idle Prof, very loyal listener. Yes. Uh, with the signing of Howard and the available cap space to sign put more players, do you see the priorities for the draft changing? My answer to that is actually no. And I think we need to address this because uh, another thing that I kind of fought with people on Twitter is that people think now running back, people think running back and cornerback are off the table for the Eagles in the first round because of their depth of the position now. I say no. If there's a talent that is so good that checks off all your boxes that we just said at corner. Uh, running back or you know anything else, I don't think any of the moves that the Eagles have made in this offseason matter. You go get the best player. We've I, seen I, how injuries yeah. can be the neutralizer. Um, yeah, I, 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 Josh Jacobs, by the way, I should say that. I'm told he's he has a scheduled visit. Oh, when? I don't have the date yet. This week? Uh, I don't know. I'll find out. Okay. So um, I'll find out. Josh Jacobs... I've got uh, there. There's some. I I saw some more personnel people at the owners meetings. Uh-huh. Um, I I'll be honest with you. I I think he goes anywhere from like twenty mid twenties where the Eagles pick to like forty five to fifty. Yeah, he's one. Of I've those got guys a has variance a of, of opinions. On. I for people I respect. Everybody likes him, by the way. Uh huh. There's not a team that I've spoken with or coordinator that I spoke with that doesn't like him. Right. Not many that absolutely. Are, oh my god! I get like he's special. Uh-huh. He's just very good. Uh, and that's he's more what I've gotten, but okay. I mean, I've he's more of a one-year wonder. I've gotten that he's not, in your mind, uh, what you're saying, not from a workout standpoint, going to bl- he's not going to blow anybody, and he didn't at the pro day, but it's so rare, and you know this, Adam, to come out of college these days as a running back and be polished in blitz pickup, in ball press security, in vision. Like you, Usually these guys are playing in all weird type of schemes and – they check like three of the five or six boxes, but they those other three that they don't check, they are really deficient in. And we've seen that especially in, in pass protection and blitz pickup coming from these really wacky college offenses. I've been, from what I people have told me, and just being able to see a little bit of him play at Alabama, um, he doesn't do anything poorly from a technical yeah, and fundamental sure. standpoint. No, he's good. And that's why he's 
considered a first-round prospect. Is you can he, play him right away. Here's the question. Mm-hmm. Is this player special? I guess it would depend on your definition of special. I mean, I... I you don't take do you, a running do you, back in the first round. Well, you don't here, consider do, unless do you think special. Alvin Kamara and Kareem he's Hunt special. would be first-round picks if it was redrafted? Because that, well, those Hunt, are guys because that he's Because they're on the field, to. no. Kamara, yes. They, those guys, I'm sorry, yeah. Kareem Hunt, let's say, is, his, he had a clean record. Yeah. Because both of those guys were 4-6 guys. They did not run well like Josh. Did Kamara run that poorly in the combine? Kamara, 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 God, he runs Kamara like was not a, a fast... Yeah, no. So, so if you think you're getting that or something close to that, then... He's he's worth it, but that's you know you and I aren't aren't Joe Douglas and we're not Howie and we can only well and, and look and they've got let me see who would know him Joe Panunzio is on the Eagle staff yeah he knows Josh Jacobs sure I don't Stoutland know has Alabama connections Stalin does so does Mike Rowe sure uh, they all worked for Alabama under Saban and so they're gonna have Deuce good is, intel is gonna get yeah yeah and, do, and do, be very it, interesting uh, they they need they, do they need to get a running back now that they have Howard for this season no. But if you're thinking ahead, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad thing. I, I just, just like don't, the safety. If you don't need it right now, but you really need one. For well, the safety. Future. I would do it now. Safety. I would. Safety to me is more of a priority. And it's a good safety draft. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll have names for you in the next show. Yeah. So the so the bottom line though, if you just take specific position out of it, I think that no move made this offseason tells you you definitely don't get this in the draft. You just draft special players. But future needs. D end linebacker. Linebacker. Which you're not going to. That's one position. Mike I think linebacker. You, you in and a I big know way. they're not going to take first round in the draft. But future needs. Mm-hmm. Mike linebacker, safety, strong or free. I would say D line. DN, obviously. I think D tackle is actually just as much of a need. Fletcher's as getting up there a little bit. You don't know if Jackson will be back after this year, and they don't have his third or fourth. Di- well, yeah, although they, they love Hester. As yeah, the they like Hester, but the Hester, but they're um, a, a big depth guy there. Yeah, people have asked me on Twitter for the show: Should they draft a D tackle in round one? I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Just it's not when we talk about a va- when you put your value board together. It's not one of the top four positions when you put your value board. It's not a need per se in terms of starting. And even down the line, because look, Jackson might work out. He's a good, talented guy. It's not like he's thirty-five years no, old. He's twenty-nine. He's twenty. Might work out. And Fletcher's twenty-eight. So yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, one last question, real quick, from Nate Studfeld at Revis. <laughs> Yet his his Twitter address is at Revis underscore Island thirteen. <laughs> What's more logical, trade up or trade back for more picks? Again, it's another dra- kind of trade down. question. We'll get, trade ah, down. but I would agree with you. What, what do you think the odds are that they may they have three of the top 50 picks, I believe? What are your odds that they come away with three players in the top 50? Which means Howie didn't make a trade in the first or second round. Well, I always say this about Howie. He, it's not for, from a lack of trying. He'll right. try. He'll try. But if they're not available, they're not available. Well, that's, that's, that's a good point. Uh, knowing I, Howie, he's aggressive. He'll try, yeah. I mean, the, look, they, the, the more the merrier yep. because they didn't get that seventh round. I don't know if the seventh round means anything, but it's still a pick. Right. And where well, they have six picks, I think they don't have a third rounder, right? They have two second rounders, so you could l- theoretically see Howie trading because he talks about the depth of the draft, trading that second second rounder to move down and pick up a third rounder, right? You get like a bottom of the second second rounder, or maybe an extra third and, rounder, or th- yeah. or fourth if you don't get the second, something like that. And look how they traded out of the first round mm-hmm. with Baltimore, and they got the two twos, absolutely. So yeah, I, I think it would be more likely that they would trade down, and this is a good year. If you want to address a defensive end position, which needs youth, it's not a depth issue; it's a youth issue. Mm-hmm. You know, people see. I think they get carried away with the cornerback position. Well, depth must mean if they have six, they're all good. No, they're no, not. No, no, no. No, yeah. you. You. Bill Polian told me if there's one thing I listen to, 
you always take an upgrade if it's there. Yep. He said it doesn't matter, even if it's quarterback. Not that he was ever going to get upgrade over Peyton Manning. He couldn't. Right. Because I don't care what round it is, you don't worry, you don't listen to what the outside thinks. That was the one thing I learned from him. Anything, it doesn't matter what the media fans think. Right. You always take an upgrade because you're always going to be right if you're right. If you if if your valuation is correct, you hit a home run, it, and then people will learn from that. Well, I hope when people listen to Inside the Birds, Adam, they do value what we think. Because better. We try to give them that's the why our traffic has been great down. lately. Thank that's you very right. much. Thanks everyone. to all the listeners. Look, that's going to do it for the latest Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks for riding with us.